we'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for September 13th, 2022. I'll go ahead and open us up in prayer. This is the rotating the warfare prayers, the prayer to neutralize occult rituals. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, seated at the right hand of the Father, we come in the authority given to us in Christ Jesus. We place a hedge of warring angels with flaming swords of fire around us and our families continually. We put on the whole armor of God. We resist and renounce Satan, the God of this earth. We rise to war by the power of the Holy Spirit against witchcraft, occult maneuvers, and devices sent against your will in the body of Christ. We ask you to dispatch legions of warring angels in full battle array to enforce our petitions and intercessory prayers. Route your enemies on all front, fronts, O oh Lord. Turn their hatred, anger, accusations, conflict, arrogance, and wicked schemes upon themselves so that they become caught in their own snares and fall into the pits that they have intended for others. We nullify, cancel, and oppose every satanic operation, scheme, maneuver, and strategy. Cause secret plans and agendas and motivations of the enemy to be revealed for everyone to see. We decree and declare that what these evil people meant, <clears throat> what these evil people and entities meant for evil, you will turn it around and use it for the good of your people. We close every evil portal that has been opened by them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood, we break and cancel every curse, spell, hex, vex, charm, enchantment, decree spoken or unspoken, sent against the body of Christ, the innocent, and your intercessors, by every witch, warlock, satanist, sorcerer, voodoo, priest, shaman, soothsayer, medium, coven, and every minion of the devil working iniquity. May they fall into the very pits they have dug for others. Lord Jesus, reveal your love to them, save those that can be saved, show them the truth about who they are serving, and their eternal destination if they continue in their present path. Open their minds and ears and eyes to receive supernatural insight and knowledge to understand the truth of the gospel. Bring them to salvation. We seal this prayer by the blood of the Lamb, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to get right into the study for today. I'm going to be covering some um, things that I, I don't think I've ever really got into before. I've never really done little mini study at the part at the front here on the Queen of uh, England and uh, <clears throat> a little bit there on the pervading force of witchcraft entering into society and on a couple of different of Biden's different confirmations that he just did that the, the information again it's like every week I can't even believe what I'm covering it, it's almost like it's like from the onion where it's like there's no way this could be true that this has got to be a parody and then I look it up like in Biden's case official whitehouse.gov no no it's all true <laughs> they are 100% Satan is 100% coming more and more out in the open every single day overtly and the 501c3 corporate church does virtually nothing to stem the tide of evil that's basically my assessment doesn't mean i think i'm perfect but it's just come on guys i mean you know we we've got numbers if people that name the name of christ and call themselves christians would you know humble and repent and seek the face of the lord and but it's not going to happen there's really no bible for that happening i don't see a end time like so many of the dominionists and people that are in those movements predict some big end time harvest slash repentance slash getting right with god I, I don't see the 501c3 church ever bringing that to us they're in bed with satan 
Now, I'm not saying every single 501c3 pastor or person in that system is in bed with Satan. I'm saying the system, though, is yoked up with the government. And the government wants to bring us, and whether you're in Canada, America, whatever your corporate church structure system is, that, that same government is striving in every, essentially every nation on, on the planet to bring us into the new world order. And that's why the Bible says to be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And when you yoke your church up with the state, well, one's got to take precedent. One's got to, anything with two heads is a monster. I mean, Christ is not the head of that, that system, that 501c3 system. And it was a trap. And if you want to know more about that, just key in 501c3 in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. It's, it's a subject I've covered ad infinitum in the past. <clears throat> I've got, you know, gigantic PDFs that go along with those studies. Um, no need to rehash all that, but there's hours and hours and of listening pleasure <laughs> for you regarding that subject. So <clears throat> getting into the first reports here, the first one is entitled Queen Elizabeth, The Legacy, The Dark Truth of Child Molestation, Infidelity, and Endless Scandal. I just would rather, um, I, I'm not going to give that devil or any of this British monarchy anything but an absolute rebuke and exposure of the pure evil that they are. And I see these sycophantic, uh, <clears throat> nauseating people that are just just totally their lives are over oh the queen is dead and we you know she did such great service to us she did so much for us fawning all over the new king and all this other garbage and it's like i, I just see strong delusion everywhere you you look in humanity really just strong delusion But the Bible predicts that. So if we go to our first video here, I'm going to go ahead and start this. September 9th, 2022. Welcome to the Stu Peter Show. My name is Stu. Well, yes, you already know what the big news of today is. Turn on Fox or any other network and it's constant coverage of people sobbing and praying and celebrating the life of Queen Elizabeth II of the United Kingdom who died yesterday after 70 years on the throne. That's the second longest verified reign of any monarch in history. For almost all Britons alive today, Elizabeth is the only monarch they've ever known. She was the last tangible link to the era of World War II and the great European empires that once ruled the globe. So, of course, there's been an outpouring of love for Elizabeth over the past 24 hours. It's nonstop. It's the constant news cycle. Nothing else matters. But does she deserve all of that? Well, first off, let's just say what's obvious about the country that she reigned over. It's absolutely indisputable that the Britain of today is worse off in every way than the country that she took over 70 years ago. Under Elizabeth's reign, abortion was legalized. Gay marriage legalized. Gun rights abolished. Christianity faded away or was outright suppressed. Globalization accelerated and Britain spent four decades... The Muslim the devil invasion as well. I don't know if he's going to get into that. They're showing pictures in the background here of how the Islam is totally... Well, I mean, London's got an, an Islamic mayor. 
I mean, it's as as bad as it is in America. It's worse there. It's in submission to the European Union. Not to mention Freemasonry and its byproducts completely flourished. Elizabeth's father, by the way, was Grand Master of the Scotland Grand Lodge. Did you know that? During Elizabeth's reign, Islamic... Oh, she's a Druid. I'm sure she's a Druid high priest. She was... They, we'll show you some... You'd have to watch it, but there's footage of her being at a Druid ceremony as a young girl. Um, I mean, th these people are bare minimum heavily steeped in the highest forms of witchcraft that you could imagine. Terrorists terrorized the streets and Pakistani rape gangs <clears throat> prowled Britain's largest cities. Right. More generally, the people of England, Scotland, and Wales were steadily replaced by a horde of immigrants from India and Africa and the Caribbean and Eastern Europe. Sound familiar? But I suppose we should be fair. Britain is a constitutional monarchy, so Elizabeth didn't have total control over those policies. <clears throat> but what she did have a major influence over was the conduct of the royal family itself. So let's take an honest look at that. Of Elizabeth's four children, three of them were divorced, typically because of flagrant infidelity by both parties. <clears throat> One of those children, by the way, was Prince Andrew. You've probably heard about him in the news. He's the royal who was great friends with both Jeffrey Epstein... Yeah. And Ghislaine Maxwell. Right. And there, there's picture. they're showing pictures in the background of him with Jeffrey Epstein and with Ghislaine Maxwell and one of the uh, girls that came out, one of the more uh, famous girls that came out to expose Jeffrey Epstein and, and Ghislaine Maxwell. And again, I, I believe, I think she was recruited from Mar-a-Lago at Trump's because again, Jeffrey Epstein lives right next to Trump and that was was what they were doing is is Ghislaine would go over there and under the guise of oh we are gonna you know would you like a job and these types of things and uh recruit from now she didn't get all all the people from Mar-a-Lago but a good portion she did Prince Andrew brought those two and other sex predators like Harvey Weinstein right into the heart of the royal family you can literally find photographs of Epstein and Maxwell seated in the exact same seat where the Queen was photographed at other times. Right. They're showing Epstein victim, Virginia Jufri, says that she was prostituted to Prince Andrew when she was just 17 years old, right. with Epstein paying her $15,000 to have sex with Prince Andrew. Andrew spent three days at Epstein's ranch in 2010 after he'd already been convicted as a sex trafficker. His excuse was that, oh, it was just convenient. Yeah. No, birds of a feather flock together. Queen Elizabeth never did anything to punish or restrain her son. In fact, according to all the gossip, <laughs> Prince Andrew was widely regarded as the queen's favorite among her four children. So when he was palling around with rapists and procurers, Elizabeth ran damage control. Another of Elizabeth's son, the new King Charles III, was great friends with TV star Jimmy Savile. He would call him for public relations advice. Other members of the royal family... They're showing Prince Charles with Jimmy Savile. It's Savile. And again, one of the most prolific um, <clears throat> child molesters, and I, I believe just not child molestation, but child sacrifice, that Britain has ever known. I mean, overt. <clears throat> I could do probably a five-part study on Jimmy Seville.
and they were good buddies. He was good buddies with the royal family. This is the type of satanic child molesting scum that they palled around with. And him handwritten thank yous and Christmas cards. Fast forward to today, Saville is known as one of the worst child predators in history. Yeah. All of this is Elizabeth's legacy, just as much as any speeches that she ever gave or any time that she spent as a British national symbol. She's a woman whose family was scandalous and whose country fell into terminal decline and decay while there's she- her in front. Here's Ghislaine Maxwell as a much younger girl with her devil dad, the, the her billionaire devil dad, the Mossad. Um, well, and Ghislaine was a Mossad agent, uh, Israeli, and that they're standing before the queen. I mean, these people all run in the same circles. They're all part of the same Luciferian satanic network nominally ruled it and all of this is without even touching the unanswered questions about princess diana did she just die in an ordinary traffic crash okay we covered that last week and i didn't know the queen or the last study and i didn't know the queen was was gonna uh uh you know kick the bucket or whatever this week it just kind of that segued from last week into this week or was she murdered as so many people believe and have argued for decades but even if that really was an accident, and even if all of the adjacency to child trafficking is inaccurate, which we don't believe that it is, why exactly are Americans supposed to love her so much? <laughs> you know, our forefathers fought and died in a revolution in order to not have a monarchy. Right, yeah. They died for the principle that nobody is simply born to a high station in life just because. Our reputation and our fortunes should be based on what we ourselves do. And we should get to choose our own leaders. Not to say that we do here. Maybe Elizabeth II was a great constitutional monarch. Good for her. But there shouldn't be any constitutional monarchs. Period. All of us should be equal citizens of our country, not subjects of a monarch or serfs. Edward Saul is a Stu Peters Network investigative reporter who's been looking deeper into the pedophilia-stained royal family, and he joins us now with more, Edward. Stu, uh, this legacy that's being left behind by the, the lying media and, uh, of course, this family of, of corruption, pedophiles, Satanism, it's, it's not a legacy I'm going to remember, uh, pass on to my family. I, I thank God every moment that I left that country with my family. The reason Elizabeth is remembered in this manner, Stu, is because she is, is but another uh, wing of this denomination of the devil throughout the world. The elite that have brought forth the Great Reset, the elite that have covered up sex crimes and gaslit the public into <laughs> loving them, adoring them, idolizing them, while they abused the weakest among us. Now, Stu, you mentioned the Epstein scandal. I, I look to the very oath that Queen Elizabeth took in the 1950s. Because look, it wasn't just the American people that she abused through enabling Jeffrey Epstein, but it was also the British people that she let down. I, I was a British citizen. I grew up in England. I'm an American now, and I'm also a citizen of the kingdom of God, not under this sovereign. But listen, she betrayed God in her very oath. She said to God that she would uphold the gospel in England. She also said she wouldn't enable any blackmailing, any uh, destruction of property, killing, killing of civilians. She was supposed to look after the public. 
the war in the Middle East, the wars of terrorism, all the things that we've learned about, of course, many people don't know that one of the first perpetuators of this wasn't America with the petrodollar. It was the crown through the Al-Yamaha weapons deal. Remember uh, Mr. Khashoggi, the, the man who was brutally murdered in Istanbul? Well, it was his uncle, Adnan Khashoggi, working with the British royal family to sell all kinds of weapons to the Saudis. Now, of course, the Saudis, Jeffrey Epstein, every other pedophile, whether it be the BBC man Seville or Harvey Weinstein, the men abused women in Hollywood. The thing they all had in common is that they followed a credo of sexual demonism. They wanted to rape the public like the elite have done for centuries. And as you noted, the best thing America did was revolt from the system. But then we let them back in. People will point at Queen Elizabeth Stew and say, well, well it's not all her fault. Okay, well, what are we are to blame of the person who was the head of this dysfunctional Adams family? Okay, so there's that video. And then this next one is called The Dark Ugly Past of the Climate Crisis King Charles, because now he's King Charles, and his evil, wicked mother, Queen Elizabeth. And uh, let's go ahead and play this one. Everyone says that today, the royal family is nothing more than a ceremonial figure even though they choose the government, have final approval over all legislation, and own half the country. And so while we remember Queen Elizabeth, let us not forget how this incestuous family has used their own children to gain power. Parliamentary lawfare over trading rights between England and Scotland led to the first iteration of the United Kingdom in 1707 and created the legal groundwork for George of Hanover to be crowned King of England and Ireland in 1714. He was 55 years old, married to his first cousin, and didn't speak any English because he married was... his first cousin. You know, and then you get into the whole inbreeding, preservative bloodlines, and the whole 13 families of the Illuminati type of stuff. And, and you know, just that alone, you're going to get some really bad fruit from that from the german house of hanover the english people were not happy about this and his coronation was met with riots all across the country followed by years of rebellions his grandson king george III, inspired the american revolution and when his granddaughter victoria married her first cousin prince albert the house of saxe coburg and gotha took sway over the country Throughout the First World War, the people of England were questioning the loyalty of the German bloodlines who ruled over them, which prompted the royal family to change their name to Windsor in 1917. Nine years later, Queen Elizabeth was born, who was initiated into the Druid Order in 1946. And they're, they're showing the actual initiation of the, when she was Princess Elizabeth, the Elizabeth that just died. Her Druid initiation in 1946 had actually got archive footage. Married Prince Philip of Nazi bloodlines in 1947 <clears throat> and gave birth to Charles in 1948. In 2010, William Coombs, survivor of Canada's infamous residential schools where the mass graves of children were found, claimed to have witnessed Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip visit the Kamloops Residential School in 1964, where they took 10 of the children away with them, never to return. Right. A year later, William Coombs dies in the hospital. 
1988, Prince Philip told the German press that he hopes to be reincarnated. And that guy couldn't look any more evil if he tried. And Prince Philip, when you see these pictures of him, they're showing one right here. In the, I mean, he, he looks like Satan personified. Um, let me just back this up just a hair. Prince Philip told the German press that he hopes to be reincarnated as a deadly virus to help with the population problem. And his son, King Charles, likes to joke on television how he is related to Dracula. His Royal Highness Prince Charles, who can trace his ancestry back to Romania's dark and distant past. The genealogy shows that I'm descended from Vlad the Descended from Vlad the Impaler, you see. Yeah, so he's he's from Vlad the Impaler, which you know they, there's the whole thing about Dracula and um, you know the drinking of blood, and which they do. I mean, obviously they're I'm sure rab rabid adrenochrome uh, <clears throat> uh, drinkers, and he's bragging about in this show, and it's him. It's he's in some TV show uh, about that he's a descendant of Vlad the Impaler. I do have a bit of a stake in the country. As it were. Oh, a stake. Because what Vlad would do, a little play on words there, um, if you're not catching that, what Vlad would do is when they would go into battle, Vlad the Impaler, he would, <clears throat> when they won the battle, they would take the victims of war and impale them on sticks and that would be their calling card. That would be their message to other armies that would dare try. They would come across these battlefields of thousands of men impaled on stakes. And that's why they called him Vlad the Impaler. So he's got a stake in it, like he said. These royals are the result of an incestuous breeding program, wherein children were used as a way to gain power over the masses. So it's no surprise that they are caught up with the likes of Jeffrey Epstein, who made a living using children to leverage power, mm -hmm. and Jimmy Savile, who had unfettered access to rape. Yeah. Why did the NIH, National Health Services, and that's in England, stay silent on Seville? 177 victims aged from 5 to 75 at 41 hospitals after bosses missed 10 chances to stop the predatory child molester and no one will be held responsible well they'll all be held responsible in hellfire and then the lake of fire and um you know there's there's no doubt on that one hundreds of children inside nhs hospitals and was a dear friend of king charles along with <laughs> klaus schwab king charles is yeah, a and then they're, they're showing klaus schwab in the background too with King Charles now. ...of the Great Reset. He's as green as Greta Thunberg. And last year, he announced the need for a military-style campaign to bring the world to zero emissions. Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector with trillions at his disposal. Now, remember, I played this clip. This is, this is, the, this is the clip of now King Charles not so subtly announcing the birth of the Antichrist. They didn't pick up on this in this in this clip you're hearing. So let me just back this up again. He's speaking before the UN. 
We need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector with trillions at his disposal. All of a sudden, he kind of goes in a way off script. He, it's not like he announced who this his was, but who else could it be? It's some nebulous his that he's in reference to with trillions at his disposal. ...private sector with trillions at his disposal, far beyond global GDP. So far beyond global GDP. In other words, the Antichrist will have trillions at his disposal. Who else? Who else on the planet? Well, Bill Gates. Now, I don't think he's announcing Bill Gates. He's referring to somebody much higher than even he is. He's not referring to Biden. He's not referring to Macron or Merkel. No. But he's leaving it for those in the know. They'll know what he's talking about. With trillions at his disposal, far beyond global gross domestic product, GDP. That means he's got more money at his disposal than the global GDP of the planet. Meaning he's got far more at his disposal than like if you would take all the uh, gross domestic product of the world and roll them together. He's got more money than that. He's got more trillions. This isn't billions. This is trillions, which I believe is like a thousand billion He's got trillions. Wouldn't you expect that of the Antichrist? Wouldn't you expect him? If if Satan took Jesus and tempted him after he came out of the 40-day fast and you know showed him all the kingdoms of the world, said, just bow down to me and I'll give you these kingdoms. Well, he has got access to that level of financial resources. It's really the only one he could have been in reference to here. And with the greatest respect, beyond even the governments of the world's leaders. Beyond the governments of the world leaders. Offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition. So in other words, the Antichrist, who has trillions at his disposal, far above the GDPs of all the world, rolled into one. And with the respect of world leaders, it's really the only option of achieving fundamental economic transformation, which is basically the new world order. You got to burn down the old world order to bring in the new. I'm telling you, that's who he's in reference to here. I did a, I did a study on this before. You can probably find it, just Prince Charles, where we talked about this exact clip. So, how do we do it? We know how they'll do it. By cutting off Europe's fuel and forcing the people back into the 1700s. Right. Reporting for info. Yeah. And, and again, what are they trying to do? Burn down the old world order. They're imploding everything now. We'll be looking at that a little bit more today in order to burn that down so they can bring in the new world order. So people will be at maximum desperation. And Satan or the Antichrist comes in on his white horse with the false prophet and probably through something like Gesera Nasera, which will be a total, um, if, if it's not that, it'll be something similar, which will be a total reworking of the uh, 
world economy, like he was just in reference to. People will be at maximum desperation. They'll have people like Trump and, um, you know, who knows who they'll pull out of the woodwork. The good guys, the white hats that'll come in with them. You probably can have the ascended masters, line signs and wonders and miracles, probably in conjunction with our space brethren or what they'll portray as that just beyond overwhelming and it'll be uh we're going to give you free energy free medical care we're going to get rid of the wicked cabal we're going to put you back on gold precious back precious metal back currencies all these goodies we're going to get rid of the wicked evil cabal telling you i've been saying it a long time and it, it keeps coming into clear view and so many people in the truth movement are gonna are already on that train. Dare I say the vast majority. Mike Adams, Alex Jones, they'll they're all on it and probably put there for that exact purpose. I could never get to that level, nor would I want to get to that level because they wouldn't let that happen. I'm not saying God's not big enough, but those people that are in those positions where they're reaching millions, even the alternative truth movement, are most likely all put there by design on purpose. And they may be giving you 95% truth, or it's sometimes 100% truth, but it's that little leaven that leaveneth the whole lump. And at the end of the day, all this truth movement, this re re reawaken America versus the wicked cabal versus the Klaus Schwab's and the fourth industrial revolution right left paradigm it's too obvious guys it's too obvious gotta get us into the i mean if you believe in the book of revelation and daniel and matthew 24 and second thessalonians chapter 2 and tons of other places in the bible if you believe all those things well we're going in to a seven-year tribulation oh no but they believe like What's his name said last week with the Mike Adams interview with David Wilcock? Oh, well, we don't really want that whole fire and brimstone stuff and revelation like he was talking about. We we're gonna we're gonna make it gooder and gooder to where that's all be that'll all be done away with. We'll we'll bring in our own system and we'll 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 bring in the white hats and we won't have to go through that ugly old book of revelation or daniel or matthew 24 we don't we don't really that doesn't really that's not really palatable to um most people and especially to a freak new ager like david wilcox who mike adams just keeps promoting over and over yet calls himself a christian alex jones is no better you can still glean a lot of truth from their channels but just remember glean but Understand that the, at the end of the day, I believe they're going to be on that train leading their listeners into the New World Order, following Antichrist. It becomes clearer every single study that I'm doing that that is going to be the case. And it, it's, it just confirms the Bible, really. All right, let's go further with this. British Queen is not human, according to the official royal website. Now, I'm not going to go down this, this rabbit hole too far today. 
I'll give you a little bit of resources if you want to explore it further. I've talked about this before in my alien studies. My alien mega studies, just key in uh, alien agenda. You'll see all these mega studies I've done. Okay. If you want to know more about this. But um, this was published on February 27th of 2020. Okay. So over two and a half years ago. A few days ago, I stumbled upon an article with the headline, Queen Elizabeth is not human. Confirmed by Buckingham Palace. That was the quote. Now, this is the person writing this report. Of course, this piqued my interest, and my first impression was surely not. As I scrolled the page, I noticed screenshots of the article in question on the official Royal UK website. Here is the screenshot, and I posted it here for you. Okay. Um, my initial thoughts when seeing these screenshots were, hmm, why on earth would the official Royal website publish such an article? Surely not. And let me just read it to you. This is straight from there. It's got the old, you know, the websites there, um, straight off their website. Queen seen by her subjects in a different form. That's the title. The Queen has ruled for longer than any other monarch in British history, becoming a much loved and respected figure across the globe. Her extraordinary reign has seen her travel more widely than any other monarch. Undertaking many historic overseas visits, known for her sense of duty and devotion to a life of service. The only thing that the only thing that anyone ever did is serve this devil. She didn't serve anybody. She was born to be served by her serfs. By the little peasants that serve her. Like the groom of the stool. That literally, there's a guy that's commissioned when she goes number two to wipe her butt. It's called the groom of the stool. How disgusting is that? Can't even wipe her own butt. That's great. Um, yes, known for her sense of duty and her devotion to a life of... Sir, just everything's a lie. She has been an important figurehead. For the UK and Commonwealth during times of enormous social change. Yeah, and he, we gave you the fruit of that, of her reign. Um, earlier this week, the Queen was seen... Now, remember, this is from 2020. Early in 2020. Earlier this week, the Queen was seen by thousands of people in a form they are not acquainted with. <laughs> what? Okay. We seek to reassure the public that the Queen is still their Queen. And remains the respected and loved figure they have always known. While she may not be human, she is devoted. <laughs> it's just While she may not be human, she is devoted leader and monarch, and she believes her subjects will grow to accept her and her family for what they are. <laughs> what the world is this? Oh, this is great. You just gotta love this. I pay tribute to the commitment, selfless devotion, and generosity of spirit shown by my millions of human subjects. <laughs> and I fully expect them to digest this news in a mature and humble fashion. I don't know why this is so funny, but nothing has changed. Together we shall march on, end of quote. So, the guy says, um, um, okay, so they just covering what I just said 
The article clearly states the queen changes forms and is not human. However, the million dollar question is, is this fake or is it really an authentic screenshot taken from an official royal website? Notice the screenshot. There is a URL, a web address. Okay. And it is, it's, it's right there. www.royal.uk forward slash queen hyphen scene hyphen different hyphen form hyphen 2016. Um, Naturally, I typed this URL into my address bar. I figured that if this exact page appeared in front of me on the Queen's own website, then it's game over. Try this for yourself. No, the page I was expecting did not appear, but what happened next is very strange. Do you know what happens whenever you type or click a page URL that does not exist? You get a message on your screen that says 404 page not found. If this would have been, um, if this would have happened, then the matter would be closed. There would have been nothing more to discuss. This did not happen, though. Instead, I was directed to the royal homepage. What this means is that the page did exist in the past, and someone has set up what is known as a 301 redirect. A 301 redirect is something you do in the back end of a website to redirect a website visitor who is trying to visit an old page that no longer exists. So it's doing a redirect. Of course, you can only do it if you own the website or work for the people that do. So it reader, in other words, he typed in the actual, this exact link, which they had taken that down, and it went to the Royal homepage. My question is, okay, so, and we know that they were responsible for doing that. My question is also that he didn't address here is if this was fake, why didn't it read why didn't it redirect you to a page that said the the site this page was hacked on our royal website. We had nothing to do with it. This is all a farce. It didn't do that. It just redirected you to the royal homepage. No explanation of why that page was on there. Wouldn't that have been smarter to do if you were trying to cover up something? Now, remember, I've told you this for years, that the Illuminati has to tell you what they're doing. And really, I, I think a lot of times what they are to a certain extent prior to you becoming aware of it. It's the whole Luciferian game of making things square in Satan's eyes. It's a Kabbalistic principle of you warn your victims of maybe what you're going to do to them or what you are before it's done to them or before you realize who they are. And this concept is on full display here. Let's go further. Can I confirm this? Yes, I can. There is a tool available to all on the internet called the Wayback Machine. The Wayback Machine allows you to explore 411 billion web pages saved over time, even when they don't exist today. And so what he did is he typed the website, this exact website that was redirected. It was, it was the Royal UK website. It was redirected to the homepage. He typed it into the Wayback Machine, okay? And he got the screenshot. 
and this um, he says and I'm you have to look at the PDF for today but it says there you have it you can see the date and even the exact time that the 301 redirect was carried out essentially by the royal.uk website and it shows you right here in the Wayback Machine this is the exact address when the re redirect occurred it occurred at 1014 at 30 seconds uh, I'm, I don't know if it was a.m. or p.m. probably a.m. 1014 30 at 30 seconds on August 19th 2019 that was when um, the read the 301 redirect occurred and then then it says redirecting to www.royal.uk so I didn't see anything up on there also saying that it was not true it's like you know they're just kind of hoping to push it under the rug but why if if you were the uk website and that was a hacked thing why wouldn't you redirect to a page that said this is hey guys funny stuff we got hacked i'm sure it'd be much more whatever proper because it was the uk dot whatever royal website none of that just to redirect to the home page very very strange very very strange um now, if you want to know more about this subject, about these bloodlines not being human, I'll give you a link here you can go to. And so I'm not going to go down that today. That's more of a dedicated study, and I've kind of covered those those things in previous studies. Now, here's a couple pictures of the old queen. Now, the, the first one is super, super uh, well-known, this picture. And she's got more of a recent one where she's in this light blue outfit with pearls and her left eye is really black um it's really creepy i mean and there's several pictures of this day um another one right next to it and these are these are two of the more there's a lot of these pictures. These are two of the most authentic ones that I could find. I didn't want to burden you with too much, but where she's got full reptilian slits from top to bottom in both eyes. One eye is more blue. One eye is more uh, gray. The left eye is more like gray. The right eye is more blue. Um, the right eye is very, very bloodshot in the sclera, but um, really you can see the, the, the slit in the left eye and the right but more in the left uh, I'm telling you when this is all said and done we're all gonna be amazed how wicked well if Jesus said as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man we're in those days whether you believe in pre-trib mid-trib or post-trib we're in the days of the coming of the Son of Man well what what was going on in the days of Noah that was the biggest thing the biggest news well, the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They took them wives, all that they chose. Those wives bore them giants, the men of old, the men of renown. The giants translated from the word Nephilim, the fallen ones, half human, half fallen angel, a Nephilim type creature. Well, that's what these things are. There are, I mean, look at how wicked and evil and how bent they are on the destruction of humanity. They want to wipe out every human on the planet because they're not human and they have a disdain for humans 
because they're not created in God's image. They're abominations on two legs. They're of their father, the devil, and he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. They want to steal your soul and they want to kill you and destroy you. The Bible alludes to that unless God had destroyed the world and hit the reset button in Noah's day, the eight people on the ark and the animals that didn't have their DNA defiled, that no flesh would have lived. They were Their agenda was the same in Noah's day. They were trying to defile and destroy all flesh in Noah's day. Shouldn't we expect the same thing to be occurring now in our day? You look at the flagrant depopulation agenda just with the COVID kill shots alone and all the other ways they're trying to kill us off and defile our DNA they're just going about it differently than they did in Noah's day but it's the exact same agenda so none of this should surprise us none of it and if you were Satan and you have the ability and trillions at your disposal far above the GDPs of all countries combined who would you put as the leader of your countries? Because he has that power. Would you put nice, good humans? Or would you possibly put Nephilim-like creatures posing as humans? I know what I'd do if I was Satan. Because you know they're going to be loyal to your agenda. They're all wicked and evil. They're all unredeemable. They all have an inherent hatred of humanity. Just like Satan does. That's who you'd put in there. Again, key, key in my alien agenda teachings, my mega studies, nine, ten barters. I get into all this. Several of them I did. I don't even know how many. Now, that's a subject you won't hear you know, many Baptist preachers touching. <laughs> or many preachers in general touching at all. Just saying, I think we're all going to be amazed at the end of the day. It all lines up with the Bible, too. It does. If you really would be honest with yourself, it lines up with what was going on in Noah's day. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Just they're going about it a little differently this time. It's more sophisticated. And while we're on the, the subject of these mega churches that are silenced, let's play this video. I was raised as a Catholic, but I wouldn't really describe myself as religious today. I had never heard of things like megachurches or televangelism or the prosperity gospel. That now, this is coming from a guy that's a, um, like you say, he's not really religious. He's, he's not a Christian, okay? But I do believe the subject that he's covering is, is uh, pretty accurate was until I stumbled across an infamous interview. How are you, sir? We'd just like to ask you about why you don't want to fly... This is this is Kevin Copeland. This is the famous one where Inside Edition caught him, and he couldn't look any more demon-possessed to the toenails. He just got out of his private plane, probably flew out of his private air uh, airport, Kenneth Copeland, I believe, International Airport or whatever. He's got his own airport. He's got his own fleet of Harleys. Um... He, mansions all over the place more than one jet plane but he, he needs it for to spread the gospel this guy is an overt satanist i don't believe he's human either i've done studies on it 
if you can Toronto blessing unmasked you find that on YouTube those are my VHS tapes that I sent to a listener in the UK because I couldn't figure out how to convert that into digital format and put them up online and he posted them now granted they're not they remember they're copies of a copy and they're from VHS tapes but you can still get the gist it's like 20 hours of footage proving that people like Kenneth Copeland and Hagen and so many of these other devils are Satanists. They're not just deceived. They're not just greedy. They are Satanists. They serve Lucifer. Let's go further. And, and this woman, this woman kind of ambushed Kenneth Copeland um, in this interview. You've got this journalist that is confronting this guy called Kenneth Copeland. You said that you don't like to fly commercial because you don't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. Get it oh, boy, okay. Boy, boy, he is. Even though he did say that, he's a liar. He's a fork-tongued liar from the pit of hell. He did say that exact thing because he thinks he's better. And, um... Boy, boy, he get he gets his feathers, his satanic feathers get ruffled real quick. If you ever ever seen this clip, you should. I give you the link here. You need to watch this. This is this is just gold. Long tube with a bunch of demons. We wrestle not. They just played the clip where he said it's a long tube with a bunch of demons. It get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. But principalities and powers. Well, what does that have to do with getting along too with a bunch of demons? We wrestle not. So he try, he tries to quote some Bible verse and get all sanctimonious. He's sitting way high above her. He's standing up on the edge of the car door so he can be high talking down to her. Copeland is being confronted about his purchase of a Gulfstream jet. And it turns out that that jet is just one of a fleet of jets that he owns, oh, yeah. along with a boathouse, a mansion, and his very own airport. This is a preacher that is supposedly worth hundreds of... 760 million net worth. <laughs> and these deluded people, his deluded followers make all this happen. And it goes on and on and on. He's just one of the many televangelists out there, particularly with Pentecostal bents, the TBN types that are multi, multi, multi-millionaires. Verily, they have their reward. Verily, they do. Enjoy it now because hellfire's a-coming. Millions of dollars with an enormous following. And you're telling me that he is just one of many. Oh yeah. This entire thing is a rabbit hole. Pastor, what is now the largest church in America? And that's why they're all keeping their mouths shut too. Not only are they Luciferians, they're Satanists, but they're totally yoked up with the government. They're totally going to carry out the government's agenda. They're reaching more people than any other faction of the apostate church is. And people equate, oh, well, they're rich. God's blessing them. That's not what the Bible taught. I mean, Jesus didn't even have, a, the Bible says he, the son of man have no place to even lay his head. You know, he wasn't rolling around in, in, you know, the equivalent of Rolls Royces in his days or jet airplanes. I know they didn't exist back then. I'm just saying he wasn't operating 
in that way whatsoever. And neither were the disciples. Didn't happen. But people are so deluded and so far from biblical truth, they think that this is godly. That gain is godliness. And the Bible talks about that. And there's, here's the verse about that. First uh, Timothy 6.3 If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, wherefore cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself that's what the bible commands us to do with people like these mega pastors you should withdraw yourself while they promise them liberty they themselves are the servants of corruption for of whom a man is overcome the same he is brought into bondage. You go and you sit in one of these churches or you watch them online and you start to, you know, oh, wow, this really is tickling my ears. I really like what I'm hearing. There's there's no conviction of sin. There's no conviction of anything, anything. Just send me your money and you'll get the blessings or whatever. You're being, you're being brought into bondage, but it's a bondage with change you're not seeing. So uh, uh, these verses, I believe the Holy Spirit causes these things to be brought into um, your thinking process when when these types of subjects come up. And uh, I pray before I do these studies that the Holy Spirit will speak through me and that he'll cause the things that I need to know, that, that my listeners need to know, to be brought into remembrance. And um, this is another verse that just came into my head. Jeremiah 5, 26, from among my people, my people, this would, in today's day and age, this would be Christians, from among my people are found wicked men. They lay wait as he that setteth snares, like they set a trap, a snare's a trap. They catch men. Kenneth Copeland wants your soul. Okay? Benny Hinn wants your soul. They are Satanists. They catch men or women. I mean, as a cage is full of birds, a cage is a trap. I mean, in this particular vernacular. As a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. Therefore, they are become great. Oh, it doesn't say because they're deceiving men, they're nothing. And they're, they're exposed and they're just, you know. No. It says the opposite. Therefore, they are become great. Like Smiley, Joel Osteen, like Kenneth Copeland, like Benny Hinn, like Creflo, give me a dollar. You go on and on and on. They are become great and waxen rich. Oh, like Kenneth Copeland with his own airport and fleet of jets and fleet of Harleys and gigantic homes. Yeah, they're waxen fat, meaning they've grown fat. And in that, and in that, it's just a reiteration of their their waxen rich. They shine. Oh, they got the finest suits. They got the finest accoutrements. The finest cars, the finest jets, the finest homes. They shine, yea, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. See, at least the wicked, for the most part, are going to admit they're, they're wicked. 
No, these people aren't, though. And they're going to overpass the deeds of the wicked. Because in God's eyes, what they're doing is worse than what the wicked are doing. At least the wicked, like, are, most, for the most part, I think, honest about it. I mean, if questioned. Maybe some of them not, but a lot of them would be. I mean, a guy that owns a casino in Vegas or something is going to admit he's a casino owner. And he's profiteering off the greed of other people. The, the hope of getting rich quick. Something like that. Or a guy that owns a bar getting people drunk okay he's gonna have a hard time denying he's a bar owner and that he's doing something puritanical but these people will they ever pass the deeds of wicked they judge not the cause see god ju loves just judgment they judge not the cause do you see the, the mega churches and the 501c3 church in general with the numbers they have mobilizing and really really going against evil and wickedness and trying to shut the abortion centers down or um, going head-to-head -head with the LGBTQ movement? Well, when you abdicate the battlefield, you're creating a vacuum. And the vacuum will always be occupied by wickedness. The wickedness will come in there and, and take that. And that's why you have wickedness doing what it's doing right now and seemingly taking over. It's all going to lose in the end. But I just believe there's so few Christians that want to engage in any kind of spiritual warfare and actually battle evil, even if they're Christians, they're, they're just, you know, they might just be, you know, gelded because of the leadership they're under or because they're not even aware of the problem. I, I don't know. I don't know. They judge not the cause, the cause of the fatherless, yet they prosper. So these, you expect them to prosper. The wicked and the right of the needy, do they not judge? No. Guaranteed in these churches, the benevolent fund and the missions funds are typically where the least amount of money will go. They would rather build their big facades and their, their you know, get these gigantic salaries and, and have their jets and things. No, nah, I understand not every 501c3 pastor has that. But these big dudes do, and they're reaching millions and millions. The right of the needy do they not judge. And then it goes on to say, shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Well, we have that as a nation probably like no other in America. Judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. That is coming. A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. Talked a lot about that lately. In Deuteronomy 18, you, you take them out and you stone them. One false prophecy, you're dead. Now, there's no consequences whatsoever. So you got all these false prophets spewing out all this garbage, never-ending garbage, with no consequences. I still believe that it's a really big deal in God's eyes to utter false prophecies. You don't ever hear me utter a prophecy. I never claim to be a prophet, though, either. But that's the norm now. That is 100% the norm. All these supposed men of God prophets that like went on um, oh that Sid Roth or whatever that guy's 
show on TBN or whatever. It's supernatural or whatever. I don't know. And they all said ubiquitously, Trump's going to get in for a second term. He's the man of God. He's God's anointed. That fireman guy and all this stuff wrote a book. Yeah, he, he's real. He's really God's anointed, right? That child molesting devil that's totally in lockstep with the New World Order. I've proven this over and over and over. They gave us that big, wonderful kill shot that's defiling and killing off humanity. Still takes credit for it to this day. Still telling you to take that kill shot. Well, he's got, got a lot of vested interest in that. I mean, Johnson & Johnson and probably probably a lot of others. But yet, oh, they raided Mar-a-Lago. Oh, right-left paradigm. Oh, boy. They're really after him. So he's got to be a good guy or they wouldn't be after him. Don't you understand that's what they do? They're creating this whole thing. I'm not I'm not coming down on my listeners. I'm not talking down to them. I'm just saying people in general that follow Trump. People are so easy to manipulate by and large and the Christians are no different for the most part. I'm not talking about my listeners. I'm talking about Christians for the most part. Trump was always wicked. You could go back 10 years ago, no there would be no Christians saying that he was some man of God and he was God's anointed. Going to WWE with Vince McMahon and doing fake wrestling promos and stuff and, and all of his bimbos that, you know, he's had, you know, illicit sex with and all of his marriages and, and how he's bought, sold, and paid for by the Kabbalistic Jews that own the guy and have been. Got him out of all those bankruptcies. That guy is so bought and sold by Satan, it's not even funny. And yet he runs for president and all of a sudden he turns into this saint, this anointed of God. I have exposed that devil over and over and over. He is pure evil. I've got over a hundred pages of documentation on that devil. And most of it's on all of the sexual deviancy that has been well known for so long. But yet now, most Christians will defend him and want him in for another term. Are you kidding me? That's not how God, God doesn't tell us to vote for the lesser of two evils. That's not how God operates. The lesser of two evils is still evil. Will you want Biden in there? No, I don't want Biden in there. No, I don't. But the lesser of two evils is still two evils. And the voting process is totally rigged anyway. It's right left paradigm. It's Coke Pepsi. And I, we're going to talk about that soon. Um coming up here the prophets prophesy falsely and the priests bear rule by their means well that would be like a kenneth copeland or joel osteen or whoever kind of running the church the way they think it should be run there is a way which seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it well i think with these types though at the top of the food chain just like elizabeth they're not human or if they are, they're absolute total generational Luciferians. Put in that position by design, on purpose. For that very job. To lead as many people to hellfire as possible. Because at the end of the day, that's where this all ends up. That's the ultimate goal of Satan, is to get you into hellfire. The prophets prophesy falsely and the priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. 
my people. Well, wouldn't you have to say that's the day and time we're living in for the most part? People that identify as Christians love this system. They're doing nothing to fight it. They're going along with it. They have no love for the truth. And if you have no love for the truth and you have pleasure in unrighteousness, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which is the exact time we're living in with the apostasy, the falling away of the church, and then that wicked shall be revealed, capital W, the Antichrist. That's the exact time. We're, the wicked hasn't been revealed yet, but we're, we're in that time. You're in big trouble with God. You're on your way to hellfire if you have no love for the truth and you have pleasure in unrighteousness. And the Bible says, my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? I love you enough to tell you the truth. Now, I'm not talking to my listeners. Okay, unless you're somebody listening and you're okay with Kenneth Copeland and you're okay with Benny Hinn and you're okay with all that garbage and you don't care about, I mean, you don't care about biblical truth or whatever. I'm not a pastor. I'm not, I'm not anybody's pastor. Okay, I'm just a watchman. That's all I've ever claimed to be. I'm not cemetery trained. Oh, I'm sorry, seminary trained. Because most of the time, the seminaries are what ruin pastors. Sorry. What, how, what, what else could I possibly think? When I, look at, when I look across the landscape of Christianity and see the fruit of the pastors going along with the 501c3 systems. Bringing all these worldly programs in in these denominational systems which are totally unbiblical there's no there's no bible for denominations guys that's another thing bible's very clear in that in romans but it all confirms what the bible predicts and says will happen it's not like the dominionists are saying or or these others that are saying oh things are going to just get better and better that's the new world order that's what they're waiting for that's what the dominionists are waiting for. That's what a lot of these Pentecostals and a lot of these people were really, I really believe the people in the 501c3 churches. I said, if you're on that train, you're on the same train as the first church of Satan's a 501c3 too, yoked up with the government. If you're on that train, you're, you're going down the same track and you're most likely going to end up thinking the new world order is some kind of, I don't know, wonderful thing. Do you have a love for the truth? Do you have pleasure in unrighteousness? Pray for the fear of God. Because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and deliver them. Humble yourself before God and your fellow man. Humility and fear of God are integrally connected and related. And I believe have a big bearing on this whole subject. All right, let's go further here. I'm watched by more than 10 million viewers on television. The apostles were businessmen. They were rich men, had plenty of money. The apostles were businessmen. They were rich men taking money. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Nowhere. It says the opposite. But these lying devils will twist the word of God to suit their own agenda i'm going to show you that jesus was a wealthy man that put in money one of my chandeliers cost more than most people's house i got 22 chandeliers in the house so that's jesse du duplantis jesse duplicitous estimated net worth 40 million what did he just say 
One of my chandeliers cost more than most people's house. I got 20. Okay, so he's got 22 chandeliers. One of his chandeliers costs more than most people's houses. Why would you, why would you brag about that? I can assure you guys, I'm not living in some kind of opulent luxury. Okay, I can, as God is my witness, God can strike me dead right now. Okay, I am not living this type of lifestyle at all. Nor will you ever hear me beg for money. You hear me begging for money? No. I've never done that. I appreciate the donations that have come in and the prayers that have been said. And I do believe that is um that has kept us in the game. It, all praise the Lord Jesus Christ. But you'll never hear me begging for money. It's not gonna happen. But these guys, I mean, that's all you ever hear. And, and bragging about their opulent lifestyle. And this guy's got a chandelier that costs more than most people's houses. How much good could that do if the money was not spent on the chandelier and given to a righteous, uh, like the poor? Like, and to help spread the gospel. How, how, how can you possibly justify something like that from a biblical standpoint? But their followers are so deluded and, and are so out of touch with God that evidently they think that gain is godliness. Chandeliers in the house. They're extremely green. They don't need mansions. They don't need jets. God told me to have that plane. Oh, so God told me to have that plane. And whenever you start hearing anyone saying, God told me, I'm not saying God can't speak to us anymore. I'm not saying he can't speak to us. But I get real leery when I hear anybody that's prophet, pastor, God told me this or God told me that. Mm. Really? What's the fruit of your ministry? What What is your doctrine? What, what are you teaching? What's your lifestyle? You know? Because God didn't tell him to get a jet. He's a liar. Just like Kenneth Copeland and all these other devils. Any religious leader who speaks the word of God, who has more than one suit while someone has no clothes, is a cop-out. Well, I don't know about more than one suit. I'm not going to begrudge a pastor and tell him he can only have one suit. Okay, Larry King. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go that far. But I get the concept of having jets and a, you know, multi-million dollar mansion and the finest cars and all that. I mean, yeah. I, I 100% shouldn't be living that way. There's no Bible for that. The I mean J Jesus warns about you know the rich men and 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 becoming rich in these types of things. Okay, and it's funny because this this came up this verse came up before. This verse came um it's 1 Timothy 6 9 uh, but I'll start at 6 6 um but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. They, they, Kenneth Copeland will not be able to take his airport and his fleet of jets and his mansions to hellfire. He won't be able to do that. You can't spend all that money in hellfire either. And it, you can't spend it to get out of hellfire. Okay? And having food and raiment, meaning clothes, 
let us wherewith therewith be content. Let us be therewith content. So Bible's basically saying, if you've got food and clothing, and I think that would imply, probably imply shelter as well. I mean, there's a lot you could be grateful for. Um, you know, we're to be content. For the love of money is the root of all evil. What kind of stinking example are Jesse Duplicitous, I mean Duplantis, and Kenneth Copeland and Creflo give me a dollar, and Benny Hinn and Joel Osteen and all these other devils. What kind of stinking, horrible example are they setting for their followers? Their followers think, well, he's the richest guy here and he's the pastor. Throughout history, that's not the way it's ever been. Going all the way back to Jesus. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And into many foolish and hurtful lusts. Which drown men in destruction and perdition. And perdition's basically turning you know, you're back on Jesus into hellfire. And I, I I skipped that verse before, but it says, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. See, the Bible's warning clearly about getting rich here, about seeking riches. Now, I'm not saying God can't bless people. You know, I'm not saying that at all. But, When you covet after it, you err from the faith and pierce yourself through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Meekness is like humility before your fellow man and God. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. And has professed a good profession before many witnesses. These other things don't sound like, um, you know, this. Sounds like these people are going to hellfire. The rich falling into temptation and a snare. And into foolish and hurtful lust. Doesn't sound like they're going to heaven to me. Which drown men in destruction and perdition. We're to follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. And flee from these things that we just mentioned. Fighting the good fight of faith. So, you know, um, that's what the Bible says. You're not going to hear this from Smiley Joel. You know, Larry, I just don't see it that way. For $54 million, I want you to imagine how many people could be fed. Well, I know. Uh -huh. How many people could be fed with $54 million or whatever? They don't care about the poor. They don't care about the persecuted Christians in other countries, they might give a little pittance. So much of the time that's all been corrupted. These people are Luciferians. They're, 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 not, they're not about getting people saved at the end of the day. They are about building their own little empires. Well, verily you have your reward, devil, because hell fire is awaiting, and then the lake of fire. And you do not want to be anybody following any of these these devils. How many homeless could have places to sleep? Ah!
I'm showing Copeland in the background laughing like a moron. Fresh, 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 fresh. There's Benny Hinn doing his, his, his uh, dressed up like a Catholic priest doing his jacket waving and having everybody slain in the spirit. Fresh. Oh, he's and evangelism is still thriving in this country. If you were willing to pay the price, you could talk directly to God. <laughs> pay the price, you know. When I remember my own personal experiences inside of a church, what comes to mind was definitely not this. They're showing these mega churches like Joel Osteen and these. I mean, there are thousands and thousands of people in these churches, these stadium type churches. It's just un. Believable, And the Bible says that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. I mean, anything that's going to attract that level of people, you can almost guarantee it's whatever's going on in those places is not biblical. Like a concert, and when the preachers come to preach, it's like a celebrity has just taken to the stage. Everyone is worshipping together. They're smiling. They're joined in their faith and devotion. What we're witnessing is something called a megachurch. By definition, a megachurch is just a church that has a larger-than-average congregation, normally of 2,000 members or above. But when we think of spirituality or, or forms of it, there's normally a distinction between spiritual duty and materialistic desires. Now, I'm not a theologian, and I'm not going to pretend to be one, but even I remember verses from the Bible when it came to wealth and, and building riches that it wasn't viewed favorably upon. Yes. But if my memory is correct, then... What was I witnessing in this interview with Copeland? And moreover, some of these preachers. So you've got this preacher, Kenneth Copeland, who founded the Kenneth Copeland Ministries along with his wife, Gloria. They own a $7 million home, a fleet of jets, and their Eagle Mountain International Church has a membership in the thousands, not to mention their television and online broadcasting. Then there's Jesse Duplantis, who sat with Copeland as they both justified their purchases of private jets. And then the second one I, I purchased was in January 2000, and he's showing his jets on the wall. It looked like he had at least three. Be him who claims to be able to perform miracles, who fills up stadiums and broadcasts it on networks worldwide. I release it. Joel Osteen, a very popular figure, especially in Houston, Texas, where his church resides, who's authored books that have been on New York Times bestsellers, as well as hosting church services with celebrities like Kanye West. Creflo Dollar, who has created fundraisers for his private jets, whose ministry owns two Rolls Royces and expensive real estate to boot. God is the gateway to the world of wealth. There's this Instagram page, which is called Preachers and Sneakers. And, it's and you just heard the Bible, what the Bible says about wealth. And Jesus saying, you know, that the rich will fall into many snare and temptation. And it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. These types of things, the Bible's so clear on. And yet these fork-tongued devils are saying the exact opposite, you know. And that should be all you would need to know about them to flee and run from them and expose them preachers next to the cost of the clothing that they are wearing something something just wow. isn't right i keep asking myself how these guys are wearing 800 sneakers 
That is so weird. I never saw that before. Into the world of wealth. There's this Instagram page, which is called Preachers and Sneakers, and it's literally just preachers next to the cost of the clothing that they are wearing. Something. The clothing? Yeah, this guy's wearing $825 uh, sneakers. I mean, they're hideous, and, you know, but I guess when you got that kind of money, you just want to blow it on things that are, um, like, beyond overpriced. I don't know. Something just isn't right. I keep asking myself how, right? How is it possible to be this braggadocious about your wealth as a preacher and have your followers who not only are okay with it, but help to fund it? And that was when I found out about the prosperity gospel. What we're looking at is a movement that has seemingly found its way inside of America's biggest mega churches and being taught by its biggest preachers. The Word of Faith movement is its name and its teachings are often referred to as the prosperity gospel. It's a simple idea. God wants you to be prosperous through your finances, your health, your marriage and relationships. In fact, those are things that belong to you through your faith. If you are willing to receive it. The prosperity gospel often refers to its believers as little gods. The idea being that we were made in the image of God and therefore possess a level of divinity within us that allows us to bring into existence the prosperity that we've been promised. You are gods, little g. You are gods because you came from God and your DNA and Jesus' DNA are exact. You're exactly like it. It sounds amazing. So how do I... Uh... My DNA is not the exact of any other person's on the planet. So that's a total lie. It's not exact. And again, they just, they commingle leaven with their doctrine. This prosperity, how do I access this divine power that I supposedly have? Well, it starts with your faith. But if you'll stay in faith, there will come a point where God will say, enough is enough. It's payback time. The Bible says, I know you love the Lord, so you, you qualify for, for prosperity. Next, you have the act of tithing. The initial concept of tithing was this idea that you give one-tenth of your wealth in some way, shape, or form to a religious organization. Most houses of worship are going to rely on the donation of their congregation in order to continue their operations, especially megachurches. It is kind of like giving to a charity. But tithing, through the teachings of the prosperity gospel, introduces a, should we call it a plot twist, Tithing lays the foundation for financial success and abundance. Tithing is the way for recession or depression to bypass you. Here, Stephanie from Maryland writes, I sent in my first roots offering to Paula White. I've done whole teachings just about on that witch. Later, I received, watch this, $2,400. So now it isn't just about donating your money to a church. It becomes a case where you're exchanging your money in return for actual prosperity. You'll often hear some of these prosperity preachers refer to it as sowing your seed. The implication is pretty obvious to anyone who is watching. No, you give us some of your money and in return that value. Yeah, but if you're sowing your seed into bad, wicked ground like these ministries, <laughs> I mean, listen, certain of these concepts obviously are biblical, but they've been twisted. They've been twisted in such a manner as to just benefit these charlatan, greedy ministries that are horrible ground to put money into. And 
I've done a whole teaching on tithing and the biblical concept of New Testament giving. Just key in tithe in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com because I, I don't want to, I can't rehash that whole subject again, but I did a whole dedicated sub, uh, teaching on that, on what is the concept of New Testament giving. As a man of purposed in his heart, so let him give. And that doesn't mean that could be 10% or it could be less or it could be maybe whatever it's as you're led by the holy spirit okay we're not supporting a old testament levitical priesthood which is where the tithe originated it's a different time that we're in and i do believe in the concept of sowing if you're going to give putting it into good ground i do believe in that concept but these wicked ministries are about the last place you would ever want to put your money unless you just want to become more and more deluded it's like giving your money to satan essentially because they are luciferians they're laughing all the way to the bank will be given back to you in some way shape or form it's the harvest i want you to go to the phone or online and sow a seed now remember somebody's son is going to be set free from alcohol because of your thousand dollar seed and i'm going to ask you to sow an exceptional and uncommon seed of one thousand dollars can you imagine if i got on on air and i start? i want my listeners to sow an exceptional thousand dollar seed to scott johnson whatever can you imagine i'd probably lose all my listeners in the first day and i deserve to i can't imagine having those words come out of my mouth i would be far too afraid of god what god would do to me probably before i got off air <laughs> i mean come on button just so $1,144. So God is giving you the harvest and the harvest of the seed you sow. You that, can't. That's, that's Duplantis. He's the one that has a one of his chandeliers cost more than most people's houses. What? Devil, oh boy, you 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 got you got a fun time ahead of you in hellfire. Expect the harvest if you don't sow seed, spiritual, physical, or financial. It's surreal and it generates a lot of money. On January the 12th of 2008, Kenneth Copeland Ministries took possession of a Gulfstream jet, which was funded- Oh, he's doing his Freemasonic handshake too. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks to the donors of his church. In fact, KCM wrote a blog post thanking their followers for helping them, quote, harvest the Gulfstream. Uh, but our work is not done. To no. which the blog then proceeds to remind their followers that they still need 17 million oh. more dollars, which will be used for the, quote, sewing towards the construction of a new hangar, upgrading the hanger. existing runway, and purchasing special... So they need a new hangar, upgrading the existing runway, and purchasing a special uh gv maintenance equipment no it's not going to the poor you know it's not going to the widows the orphans and the poor where which is what the bible primarily talks about as far as giving okay no no it's it's not going there it's it's going all toward his airport and his jets and upgrading the existing runway I mean, fire and brimstone is what is needed here. Judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. I pray to God it start tonight. Why? 
that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of God's doing, and the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in him, and all the upright in heart would glory according, according to Psalm 64, that God's name be glorified, that many would be saved, that great fear would fall upon those that name the name of Christ and call themselves Christians, and understand how deluded they have been if they're supporting any type of ministry like this. Gulfstream maintenance equipment. Or how about Creflo Dollar's infamous sermon to which he tells his congregation to help him fundraise towards a private jet, all to the response of cheers and applause from the audience. If I want to believe God for a $65 million plane, you cannot stop me. You cannot stop me from dreaming. See, Copeland... Now, you heard me say those exact words many a time. If I can't believe God for giving me a $65 million plane, you can't blame me for dreaming. Can you imagine if I said that on air and I meant it? Could you? <laughs> $65 million. And I mean, when you get something like that, the cost of upkeep, you mean you're just you're just getting into, into the cost because just the cost of upkeep and using that jet is astronomical and dollars please for money, they're not met with criticism and backlash from their congregation. It's celebrated. And prosperity preachers will obviously say that this aid- Because my people love to have it so, like the Bible just said there from Jeremiah 5. Their quest to spread their message across to different countries. If I flew commercial, I'd have to stop 65% of what I'm oh. Conveniently, that message obviously allows them to make even more in donations. 65%. He couldn't go out and represent Lucifer properly. Oh, that is... That, that, the thought of that just... I think I'm going to go into a fetal position and go into projectile vomiting. The thought of Kenneth Copeland stopping 65% of his satanic ministry. I can't imagine the worst thing that could befall the planet preachers they don't just live lavish right they they put it on full display you think jesus christ would roll around in a rolls royce uh i think he would let's get a close-up of gloria's ring where am i looking right here and you fly in a private plane yes I you're do. staying right now in one of the fanciest hotels yes, in New York City. I am. you wear nice very clothes. nice clothing so of these preachers they're not seen as gross or hypocritical in fact they're seen of proof that the teachings work it's seen as them actually practicing what they preach the extravagant lifestyle that's not a mistake or a flaw it's a feature of the prosperity gospel many of these preachers will say that the funds that they received are used only for ministry purposes Osteen for example says that he doesn't receive any salary from his ministry and all the money he makes comes from his book sales look in some ways, I don't really care if a ministry wants to buy a private jet. It looks optically hypocritical, but I'd rather let theologians argue over the contradictions that those actions have with actual religious texts. I'm more interested in how the money is generated, and it doesn't get more unethical of a promise than it does with the prosperity gospel. If you're accustomed to giving $10, go to 20, go up to 70, 80, 100. Raise that amount and watch what God will do because... Don't you stop sowing offerings. 
Well, they won't let us go to church. Well, email it in there, text and give or something. You get that tithe in that church, you get that offering in that church, and then you go home and you do what we're supposed to do. This idea is no different than the law of attraction and manifestation circles that claim that you can use your mind to manifest any desire that you want. In fact, it's been argued that the prosperity theology does have similar roots to the New Thought philosophy that became popular in America in the 19th century. When I look at Osteen, for example, I don't necessarily see a preacher, I see someone who's more akin to a self-help motivational speaker that uses God as a proxy. I am confident. Take a look, for example, at Osteen's New York Times bestseller book, Your Best Life Now, which is filled with all of these kinds of ideas. So here's a quote from the very first chapter, enlarging your vision. It's not God's lack of resources or your lack of talent that prevents you from prospering. Your own wrong thinking can keep you from God's best. And the book is riddled with these similar messages of becoming what you believe and the power of your words. It's a book like many others in the self-help genre. The connection isn't really that hard to see. But it's this sowing your seed message in the prosperity theology, the idea that you can donate to a church and in return you can you know, pay off your rent, pay off your credit card, that seems particularly stomach churning. And now this is a message that is being exported from America to Europe and Africa. So one of Nigeria's wealthiest pastors is this guy called David Oyedepo, who is said to be worth $150 million. We are not asking you to give so the church can be blessed. We're asking you to give so you can be blessed. Some fellow said, okay, I was worth $150 million. I said, that's an insult. $150 million, that's an insult. $150 million too small, that can be. Do they know? What they're doing you know a big part of me believes that copeland and dollar they they truly believe their intentions are good even for hundreds of millions of dollars i can't imagine someone knowingly deceive and hurt other people without just driving themselves insane in the long run that type of cognitive dissonance just seems too much to bear but at the end of the day i'm never gonna know what their intentions are you know i can only ever see what the consequences of their actions are and trust me you haven't seen the worst of it yet. Benny Hinn. Hinn is probably most well known for what he calls his miracle crusades. Hinn claims to be able to perform miracles. He'll bring people to the stage with all sorts of illnesses and then with the touch of his hand, they will feel God's power running through them as they fall back and these catchers will catch them as they fall. You had Parkinson's for 15 years. Jesus. Oh, thanks for that honor. Who are you? People in the audience will cheer. There are others who are stood there in awe with their hands raised in worship. And Benny Hinn isn't the only one that does this, right? This is a really common practice amongst the prosperity gospel circles. Glory to God. You're not bound to this chair. The day will come, you'll walk out of it. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What is it that we're really seeing here? Is this an actual miracle? I would know that there were certain things that were completely deceptive. Costi Hinn is the nephew of Benny Hinn and he's worked with his family, sometimes as a catcher himself. In 2017, Costi Hinn came forward with a testimony of his time spent in Benny Hinn's ministry. The responsibility is to look really good, look really blessed, sell the narrative, make all the money and say, look at my life. If you give to this, if you follow it, if you obey it, and if you do what I say, 
God will do it for you too. He described the lifestyle that he had whilst working with his family. We lived in a 10,000 square foot mansion guarded by a private gate, drove two Mercedes-Benz vehicles, vacationed in exotic destinations and shopped at the most expensive stores. Kosti Hin really believed in what he was doing. You know, but he only had doubts when he started finding contradictions in what he was teaching and what he was finding in the Bible. Grace Brular was eight years old when she was featured on an episode of CBC's The Fifth Estate in 2005, an episode that was specifically investigating Hin's ministry. If you could have a miracle, what would you want it to be? I can walk. Just walk. Is that what you want, Grace? Just to walk? Not just to walk. Grace's mother brings her daughter to one of Hin's miracle crusades. And just as she's about to go to the stage, she's intercepted by what are called screeners who tell her to step aside. According to that documentary and an insider, the job of the screeners is to screen out the people that are severely sick and ill. There's the story of Justin Peters, who is an evangelist himself and was born with cerebral palsy. During the Fifth Estate's investigation into Hin's ministry, they attempt to get Peters to go on stage as well, and just like Grace, he is also intercepted by the screeners. Our hidden camera shows Justin being stopped by a screener. Watch as Henry Hin whispers something to her. Then Justin is told to step aside. In another documentary from 2001, HBO were given full access to Hin's events and were even allowed to follow several cases of supposed miracle healings. These are people that actually managed to get onto the stage and, and claim they'd been healed. In one instance, the crew follows a boy called Ashniel and his parents as they're desperate to have their child healed by one of Hin's miracles. We're expecting a miracle. We're expecting a miracle. The Prakash family are recent immigrants to America. Ten-year-old Ashniel is their younger son. Two massive brain tumors have reduced him to a vegetative state. We believe in God, we have faith and there's nothing impossible for God. Later in the documentary, Ashnu's parents actually attend the crusade and they're brought on stage to have their child healed by Hin himself. Hin gets the crowd to raise their hands and then he places his hands on Ashnu's face and says, Expect the miracle. Dear Jesus, the Lord's gonna touch you, young boy. Days after the event and Ashnu still wasn't healed. It didn't happen, I was not even discouraged. I, I know it's God's plan. You know, I can stake my life on Pastor Benihin's words. <laughs> and God spoke to me last night at the, at the Colosseum Center where the crusade was going on, and he said, donate him another $2,000, and which I'm going to do it. See, God didn't speak to him, tell him to donate $2,000 to that Luciferian scum, Satanist devil. He never heard from God. He never heard from God about taking his kid to Benny Hinn to get healed. But it shows you how self-deluded people are. And this is why you have to discern. And he that is spiritual judgeth all things. And that's not hypocritical judgment when you have a beam in your own eye and you're judging the speck in your brothers. Jesus Christ said judge righteous judgment. And the Bible also says if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And I think self-judgment policing yourself through uh, primarily through what the scriptures say is my life lining up with the word of god that is also a uh, prerequisite for 
the Holy Spirit leading you. If you're not, if you're not engaging in self-judgment and you're living any way, which way you think you can. I mean, that Bible verse about um, in Judges where in the days of Judges, man did that which was right in his own eyes. Every, basically, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's the day and time we're living in. And that's the day and time that um, th there's so much proof of it. You just look around and Christians are no different. Well, it feels right. Oh, God spoke this to me. Oh, I went to Benny Hinn and, and this or that. Well, they're totally self-deluded. I mean, just look at the fruit of this devil. Examine it. God's not going to tell you to go there. He's not going to tell you to give $2,000 to this devil. But they're so self-deluded. And if so, in a lot of ways, abandon what the word of God says. Because they're not judging righteous judgment it's it's sad it really is it's horrible but that is the norm now this is the norm recently i watched an event from kenneth copeland's eagle mountain church right it's called miracles on a mountain it's another miracle healing service and in this instance it was hosted by this evangelist called billy burke and at one point someone is brought out from the crowd and i thought hang on i recognize this guy it was big nick who for those of you that don't know was an ex-member of the popular social media group the vlog squad which is headed by david dobrik at the event, Nick tells Billy Burke about his blind eye. I'm, I'm blind in my uh, left eye as well. I know that. You told me that. Billy then attempts to cure his eye. Loosen that! After all the theatrics, Billy then starts to wiggle his finger around. And then... Nothing yet. Nothing yet. And Billy hears that and he continues like trying to help him. And then when he realizes it doesn't work, he then just tells Nick, recite chapters of the Bible every night for your eye to be cured. So John chapter 9, your confession starting tonight and every night. You hear me? Tonight and every night before you go to bed. You ready? I was blind and now I see. And the crowd cheers. It's like it's like the miracle actually happened. Now, it's been about seven months since that event took place, and I've looked through Big Nick's social media account, and there's no indication that his eye has healed since the event. So again, what are we witnessing when we see things like this? If we are to believe that these people aren't just actors, which I, I really don't think that they are, no, they're not. What is actually happening? Consider this. If what we're seeing is really a miracle, why don't these people go to hospitals and heal people? I came out of this, guys. For new listeners, I, I was firmly embedded in hyper-Pentecostalism. I went to the most charismatic church in my area. Hyper-Pentecostal charismatic. I was a catcher. I, I caught the people as they were getting slain in the spirit and falling. <laughs> One time, I caught them. And uh, I, uh, as I, as I caught I, i'm assuming it was a lady um i i squatted down and i ripped my pants from like <laughs> crotch to the back of my <laughs> and like the whole church it was it was it was like a mega church in cape coral florida and uh yeah yeah i i've had some uh, some embarrassing moments there not not my proudest moment but i have been firmly embedded in this okay i mean so i i know a little bit about this whole thing i mean because there was a time that that i was like i said i was i was um i didn't go to the benny hen stuff 
I, I mostly stuck to local stuff, but God showed me so much about this movement when I was in it. And so I kind of feel like I have a unique perspective on this. Why do they need the, the lights and the cameras and the atmosphere and the theatrics to be able to do what they do? In 2011, Darren Brown ran this TV special. Oh, and remember, like I said, um, the whole, um, oh man, Todd Bentley. God used um, a, my listener, Doug. Well, he went to our little home church at the time. And myself, I truly believe to shut down Todd Bentley. We went up there to Lakeland when it was at its height, prayed for three or four hours in there. Todd wasn't even there. Within one week, the whole thing was shut down. A gigantic, all this truth came out about him having an affair and his wife and something else happened. And by literally the next weekend, it was all shut down. And that was the biggest thing on planet Earth at the time, as far as charismania goes, as far as charismatic Pentecostal. People were flying in from all over the world. Key and Todd Bentley and Revival. And you'll see all the teachings I did on Todd Bentley. And, and our my final report where it got all shut down. There's also another one I did. It's called My Recent Trip Down Charismania Lane, where I we would go. And, and we, I mean... Just going there and praying at these places, we were we were seeing unbelievable things happen. Or God was showing us amazing things about, you know, just the heresy and apostasy that was going on in these things. So, yeah, I've been on both sides. <laughs> I've been on both sides of this whole thing program called Miracles for Sale. In this special program, Darren Brown, who is this self-described mentalist... What about miracles on ice? Like... Okay, you have a televangelist on ice skates, and he's doing all the miracles, but he's on ice. He's like, everybody comes up, and they get slain in the spirit boat on ice. It's a little trickier for the catchers, because, you know, you're on ice, you got blades involved, and a little bit more dicey, you know, but it, it's a little risky. But I think from a theatrical standpoint, it's something they may want to consider. I mean, I don't know, I'm just throwing throwing things out there for Joel Osteen and the Benny Hinn types, some, some little ideas for him, maybe takes this ordinary individual called Nathan and attempts to turn him into a faith healer performing miracles in front of an audience. The idea behind the program was to expose the fact that what is happening here are not miracles, that it's just a product of psychology, the power of suggestion and misdirection. Well, this has been done over and over um, where I've seen documentaries on this where guys that were groomed to do this would go and then actually later come out and expose what was going on. And they were, they were just basically saying it was a money-making scheme and racket using God, trying to, you know, ride on the coattails of Jesus Christ in order to, you know, preach or do supposed miracles or things of this nature. Um, that it's, yeah, this has been done more than once. Some aspects of faith healing are just pure trickery. Right? A good example of this is the infamous leg growing trick. The preacher Todd White is well known for walking around the streets and finding individuals who supposedly have one leg that is shorter than the other. And then miraculously, White will begin to grow out that person's leg right before our very eyes. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Now, I'm a chiropractor and I do this, I just did it today, okay? Typically, when someone will present to you, they're going to have one leg that's shorter than the other. 
99 times out of 100, it's not because they were born that way. It's because one side of their pelvis is rocked back and the other's rocked slightly forward. What that does is it creates more um, muscle contraction on one side of the spine, and that will create a drawing up of the leg. It's not because they're born that way. It's because their pelvis or their lower back is out of alignment. Okay, and this can easily be manipulated. In fact, when I was in chiropractic college, we had whole classes on how to do a proper leg check because it was so easy to skew the results if you were not doing it properly, meaning it would be so easy to even, um, I mean, we're talking if the leg's not too far off, it would be so easy to actually present a patient with balanced legs or it would be so it would be very easy to create even imbalanced legs if you were not doing the leg check honestly and you know in an objective fashion we as we had whole classes on how to just do it right because it's it's kind of an art form to do it so this this here that this guy's growing out legs and stuff like this this is a total scam left leg i command you there grow right you now that? in jesus name Darren Brown teaches Nathan to do this exact trick because it's not a miracle. Oh, I could do The leg growing trick is infamously used by charlatans throughout history. In fact, a quick It's just showing, in this particular case, he's just pulling the one shoe a little bit down more. He's just pulling it off his heel a little bit more. Um, or you could just take the legs and slightly skew them to one side. Just ever, ever so slightly skew them to one side. Just pull both legs to one side and you're going to get the leg check that you want. Now, if the leg's truly an inch short, it's a little bit harder to do that. But you're going to still be able to approximate them better. Also, it has to do with the internal rotation of the ankle. And if you have one ankle that, and this happens with a lot of people, one ankle tends to be more internally rotated. All you're going to have to do on a lot of these is just uninternally rotate the ankle to create balanced legs. Uh, th there's so many ways. I, I would be a master at doing this because I was literally taught. I literally had classes in chiropractic college and I, I did it with patients every single day. I've done this thousands and thousands of times, but I'm trying to do it in an honest way. These guys are doing it in some kind of charlatan fashion. Or, or YouTube search will demonstrate how it can be done in several ways. One of which involves shifting the other person's shoes to make it seem as though a leg is being grown. Right. If you speed up the Todd White clip of him performing this miracle and you just play it back and forth, you can literally see what Todd White is doing. Yeah, he's shifting the legs, yeah. But a big part of faith healing isn't just tricks like this. In fact, a lot of it is rooted in a deeper part of who we are as people. By the end of Darren Brown's special, Nathan is able to perform in front of a small audience of believers. And you can see that he too is able to, with just the touch of his hand, bring people to fall back as though they were touched by God themselves. To understand how Nathan, who is an ordinary guy versus Benny Hinn, who claims to be able to perform miracles, can do what they're doing, you have to understand the power behind what they're creating in their shows. From the very moment it begins, you're joined by a crowd of people, right. united by a particular cause or belief. There are those in the crowd who are already in pain, who feel as though something is missing in their lives. When they're brought together, there is a sense of oneness, of wholeness and unity. Just think about how powerful crowds can be and what it's like to be in and you one. don't want to be united in error, you know? Especially when you're all joined by oh, yeah. a united cause. You're then brought into this hypnotic, or more specifically, a suggestible and open state. 
He wants to heal you because He loves you. You don't have to pay for it. Just ask for it. The music rises and falls, stirring a wave of experiences and emotions amongst the crowd. Then you begin to create the expectancy for what is about to come. All things are possible to him that believeth. You keep the crowd in this heightened, aroused state of mind. And as the crowd is ripened for suggestibility, the faith healer acts almost like a conductor for the orchestra of experiences that people are going through. A leader amongst a crowd of people in a hypnotic, trance-like state is something that you cannot underestimate the psychological effect of. Then the healer begins preaching. Well, if you've never been a part of this, you have no idea. I have. I know the power of this. And I'm not saying I haven't experience the presence of God in a charismatic church. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it was all wicked and evil because I do not believe that is the case. God showed me a lot when I was in there. Um, but it's just, it's just so dangerous at the same time because there's just so much error and there's so much bad doctrine. Um, but the power of this, guys, if you have never experience like a charismatic type of service where this is going on oh i'm not judging anybody i'm not i mean i know i know i've said a lot of things that may sound judgmental i've been there i've done it i'm not judging anybody regarding this i know how powerful it is i know the pull of this it's no joke but i believe god took me through all that so i could stand before you this day and you know give you warnings like this because i've been there and done it that message but don't look for the healing look for the healer whatsoever you shall ask that will i do the crowd is full of ecstasy the joy in the audience is a deep feeling as though you're becoming a new person you're connecting with that of which is above you you expect that when the preacher lays their hand on you or shouts you will feel God's touch with it. You've been suggested and primed to believe that that is the case. And in being so connected to the crowd around you, the effects of social conformity are bound to take place. In this trance-like state, you go along with what the preacher's suggestions are. You do what you are expected to do. It's no different to what a stage hypnotist does. You know, the more suggestible you are, the more belief you have, the easier it becomes. And what's even more interesting is that in this heightened state of emotions, of euphoria, of adrenaline, it's very possible to feel symptoms being alleviated. It's possible, Absolutely. even for someone who is in a wheelchair, to momentarily Absolutely. be able to get up and... It's called move. endorphin release. <laughs> it's called endorphin release, man. Endorphins feel really good. Uh, you get that from a really good chiropractic adjustment. I mean, I just got one the other day. You know, I just, my chiropractor, he adjusts me. That's a way to get an endorphin um, rush. Um, this type of euphoria where you're in this heightened state like he's talking about. And the power of suggestibility. And I'm not saying God can't heal either. It's just that in this environment, in an environment of deception and greed is not where you want to put yourself. Around. But what we are really witnessing is just a moment of mind over body. 
The placebo effect is a well-known phenomenon. It's when a patient's condition changes after receiving a treatment that by no means should have changed their condition. For example, if a patient expects a pill to do something and is told by their doctor that it'll help them, even if that pill is just a sugar pill that doesn't do anything, it is possible for your own brain chemistry to cause effects similar to what medication might have caused. The key word here is expect because a placebo effect is mostly theorized to be caused by our expectations around a given treatment. Expectations that we derive from culture and society. That's why a placebo that is given as an injection rather than a pill can be more effective. Or when you're given two placebo pills to take every day rather than one, it can also be more effective. Because culturally, we perceive the latter of these treatments to have a bigger effect on us. That belief and expectancy can be so powerful as to have physiological effects on our body and what more powerful expectation can somebody have than one that invokes their very own belief in a higher spiritual being like God surrounded by others who share that very belief. What we are seeing is a placebo. This is why you will never see any miracle healer or somebody that believes in the law of attraction be able to do anything that is beyond a placebo. It's why you'll never see them be able to restore the limb of an amputee. And as I've watched your healing crusades, Am I seeing anything that goes beyond placebo? I have wondered why sometimes someone comes in and comes out of a wheelchair, and walks around, runs around, and hours later, they're back in that wheelchair again. The problem is, however, that those who attend the event and whose problems and illnesses are not healed at the event or return after the event start to blame themselves that mm. for some reason, God didn't want to heal them, right. that they didn't have enough faith. Remember right. Ash Neal from the HBO documentary? Seven weeks after attending Hin's miracle crusade, expect the miracle. He passed away. Oh. Do you feel in any way That's that... That's the, the little boy that was like, basically almost in a comatose state that Benny Hinn, the, the, the guy's like, God told me to give him $2,000. Yeah, he passed away seven weeks later. I mean, he didn't get healed. God wasn't in any of that. And this is just a great example of why you want to avoid this type of stuff. Now, this goes on for another oh, seven minutes, and I'd like to play it, but I can't. Um, i got to go to the next part, and uh, I'm totally out of time on this one. But I do give you the link for this. Very, very good video. Not a Christian. This guy's not a Christian, but a lot of truth is being put out here. So God bless you, and we will see you in part two.